Mark Zuckerberg told The New Yorker the news source he definitely follows is TechMeme. So listen to the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast, the podcast anyone who's anyone in Silicon Valley listens to every day. In just 15 to 20 minutes, you get a rundown of what happened in the world of tech with all the headlines, context, commentaries, and tweets from all the biggest players. New episodes every day at 5 p.m. Eastern. Search your favorite podcast app for Ride Home and subscribe to the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast. Tired of spending hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Zenni offers thousands of affordable eyewear styles, starting at just $6.95. No ridiculous markups, no hassles, just quality, affordable eyewear delivered right to you. Visit Zenni today at zenni.com slash CNN. The president speaking in Wisconsin, uh, speaking quite hypocritically, I, I just have to say, uh, he talked about explosive devices being sent to former uh, government officials he made no mention of an explosive device sent to this building behind me, the headquarters of CNN, a news organization he routinely attacks. He calls reporters the enemy of the American people. And yet he said it's the media's fault for their kind of reporting that media organizations have been doing. What happened today was an act of terror, terror designed to kill or maim, to scare or to silence. Now, thankfully, none of those targeted were hurt, nor were any of the people who handled the explosive devices. And I'm talking about postal workers or couriers or security guards. They weren't hurt or killed either. If the devices were designed to kill, they failed. If they were designed to scare and to silence reporters or politicians, they failed at that as well. We here at CNN are thankful for the sharp eyes and the quick thinking of the men and women who protect us every single day in this building and around the country and the world, and for the quick response and expertise of the New York City Police Department and all the other agencies now involved in what is a massive and ongoing investigation. Terror only works when it produces fear. We are not afraid. We are here, and we will be here tomorrow, and we'll be here the day after, and we'll be here the day after that. We have a job to do, and what someone tried to do here today it only makes our resolve that much stronger. Tonight, the search is on for the person or persons who tried to murder and might have murdered a string of high-profile political figures, including a former Secretary of State and two former presidents of the United States. Five bombs, one is yet possible bomb, which is still being assessed, and just moments ago, word of yet one more suspicious package. The first went to billionaire liberal financier George Soros. The rest were discovered within the last 24 hours, all addressed to people that President Trump himself has singled out for verbal abuse. One targeting a former CIA director was sent, as I said, to the building, building behind me, the New York headquarters of CNN. These are no longer suspicious packages. Shortly after 10 a.m., CNN is giving an update on suspicious packages mailed to Democratic politicians. I mean, that's a, excuse me, that sounds like a, Fire alarm here. We'll keep you posted on that. We're going to jump in. There's, There's a, fire a fire alarm, alarm here. here. You might have heard it in the background. The Time Warner Center, home to CNN's New York office, was abruptly evacuated. We are outside safely. All of our CNN colleagues that we know of are outside uh, right now. Everyone is safe. The package was sent to CNN's mailroom, addressed to former CIA director John Brennan, who's become a frequent critic of President Trump's. Brennan, whose name is wrongly spelled on the package, works as an analyst for NBC News, not CNN. This week alone, six devices were found by authorities, four of them intercepted just today. 
all addressed to Democratic politicians, donors, or in our case, the news media. This clearly is an act of terror attempting to undermine our free press and leaders of this country through acts of violence. On Monday, a bomb was found inside the mailbox of liberal philanthropist George Soros. Soros was recently accused by President Trump of paying protesters to show up for anti-Kavanaugh demonstrations during his confirmation hearing. On Tuesday, a package was found at the Clintons' home in Chappaqua, New York. It also contained an explosive device. And on Wednesday, Secret Service intercepted another one sent to former President Barack Obama. Police say these bombs all seem to be connected. As you've heard, there is a, a number of devices, and there's a pattern, uh, apparently, to the number of devices. We wouldn't be at all surprised if more devices show up. Two additional suspicious packages were sent to former Attorney General Eric Holder and to California Democratic Congresswoman Maxine Waters. The package sent to Holder wound up at the office of Democratic Representative Debbie Wasserman Schultz in Florida. She was listed as the return address for the package, which is the same return address listed for bombs sent to CNN, the Obamas, and the Clintons. Six suspicious devices intercepted in just one week, and authorities fear there may be more on the way. In the meantime, two of the intended victims have spoken out. I want to tell you about that. Hillary Clinton earlier today and John Brennan just a short time ago. I recognize that there are a lot of raw emotions and feelings in this country and very strong feelings for individual political uh, parties as well as individual politicians. But uh, this country was founded upon uh, the, uh, the foundation of freedom and liberty and freedom of speech. And if I and others are being targeted because we're speaking out and we're living up to uh, our responsibilities as citizens, I think that, again, is a very unfortunate uh, turn of events. We are fine, thanks to the men and women of the Secret Service uh, who intercepted uh, the package addressed to us long before it made its way to our home. Every day, we are grateful for their service and commitment, and obviously, uh, never, never more than today. But it is a troubling time, isn't it? It is indeed. For more on the investigation, let's get to the latest on the investigation, including this latest and newest suspicious package. I want to turn to CNN's Pamela Brown, who's been working her sources from the the very beginning. Uh, Pamela, what's the latest? What have you learned? We're learning, Anderson, about a second suspicious package addressed to Democratic Congresswoman Maxine Waters, this time in California. Uh, This is according to my colleague, Mary Kay Maloney, who is reporting that ATF, as well as the LAPD, are on their way to a postal facility in South Central L.A. to look at this package that is very similar to the packages, these suspicious packages uh, that were examined uh, in Florida, as well as D.C. and New York. We know earlier today there was another package addressed to Maxine Waters that was um, recovered at a facility in Maryland. So this is yet 
a second one. Uh, the FBI is still examining the earlier package that was addressed to Maxine Waters, but they all share the similarity of the manila envelopes, the six forever stamps, the computer-generated labels. All of these are clues to investigators that uh, these packages are linked. And the FBI just earlier today released this statement asking the public for help, saying that there could be more packages that are out there. And we know, uh, Anderson, that at least one of the devices, this pipe bomb, uh, contains sulfur, a, a explosive material. Pipe bombs are notoriously unstable, Anderson, and could explode uh, just through handling it. So, it, so in some ways, and officials I've been speaking with say it's remarkable that nothing was set off here. Yeah, I mean, it could have very easily, uh, some one of these been detonated just by a, a postal carrier yep. or in a sorting room uh, somewhere. Just in terms of the investigation, I assume the FBI is in charge and they're the ones who they don't already have all the devices they soon will. That's absolutely right. All the devices will eventually make their way to the FBI's facility at, at Quantico. And the FBI is looking at this as an act of domestic terror. That is an individual who acts through an extremist ideology, whether it be political, social, racial uh, in nature. And in this case, you look at the targets and uh, it appears that there is a political uh, motivation here. These are these targets are um, high profile Democrats, uh, many of whom were served under the Obama administration. So that is a clue to the FBI they're looking at in terms of uh, who might be behind this, understanding what is part of the mindset here. Now, my colleague Jeff Zeleny asked President Trump earlier today whether he believed this was an act of domestic terror. He would not answer that question, Anderson. should also point out not just high-profile Democrats, also John Brennan, former uh, high-ranking, you know, mm-hmm. head of the CIA and obviously C- CNN as well. All people that this president uh, has uh, verbally targeted and encouraged others uh, to uh, uh, criticize as well. Pam, I appreciate the reporting. The fact that, that none of these bombs uh, went off obviously gives investigators an awful lot to work with in terms of potential evidence. As uh, Pam said, they're all said to be similar. This happens to be one that came here uh, to CNN. Authorities released the photo. I'm not showing you anything that I shouldn't be showing you. The authorities released this photo, so no one gets any ideas. Neither the authorities nor we are going into any great detail about the devices themselves, about how these things are made. You obviously see in the photo a cylindrical container, wires coming out uh, of each end, what appears to be the face uh, of a, a small clock. Now, the package, as we, as you told you, is addressed to former CIA Chief John Brennan. His name is misspelled. President Trump has called Mr. Brennan, who has dedicated his life, frankly, to public service, quote, a very bad guy. He actually doesn't work for CNN. The return address is Debbie Wasserman Schultz, formerly the DNC, in Sunrise, which is also misspelled, Florida. The bomb was taken to the New York Police Department's facility in, uh, in the Bronx. And again, as Pam mentioned, from there, it goes to Quantico, Virginia, where the FBI will study it. So I want to talk more about the many roads that could lead investigators to whoever did this. With me right now is retired NYPD Lieutenant uh, Darren Porcher. He currently teaches criminal justice at Pace University here in the, uh, the New York area. Also joining me is former FBI Supervisory Special Agent Josh Campbell. He's a CNN law enforcement analyst and former senior uh, counterterrorism official Phil Mudd joins us uh, as well. Uh, Darren, just uh, from what uh, the fact that all of these devices are now in the hands of authorities there are many potential clues that could be in those devices. 
Absolutely. When we look at these investigations into explosive ordinance, I like to figure it out as a three-legged stool. The first leg of the stool is the actual ordinance. What is the signature connected with this ordinance? Here we have a black powder substance. The second leg to the stool... So, so a bomb maker often has a, 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 a signature, signature, a particular way that they make a bomb over and over and over Exactly, again. exactly. And this is something that law enforcement stores and they look to moving forward. The second leg to that stool is the delivery system. We've had different delivery systems in connection with this this particular ordinance. Here at CNN, for example, we had a courier that delivered it. We had other locations where U.S. mail delivered this, this particular ordinance. You, the U.S. mail service has a record, or they take a snapshot of all packages that go through the system. And the third leg to the stool is the actual target. When I say the target, meaning who was the intended victim here? We want to look at the commonality factor in connection with threats. We had eight to ten people that had these packages mailed to them. We want to see if we had consistent threats to these individuals by one person. So we take those three legs to the stool, and that's how the investigation moves forward. One of the things we have to take in consideration are the teachable moments that law enforcement has experienced in the past, such as what happened earlier this year in March, where we had the Austin bomber. We'll look at the way that bomber um, progressed, and law enforcement is going to use that, such as widening widening the video. We even saw how we had pictures from the FedEx location. The second teachable moment would be, we go back to 2001, when we had the anthrax scare here in, in New York City. The, the NYPD had hammer teams that went to different locations, coupled with the FBI Joint Terrorist Task Force. And the third, and I want to say the most significant piece, is the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski. Those three components are going to triangulate, and we're going to focus on this particular investigation moving forward. Josh, you were formerly with the FBI. Right now, what stands out to you about what we have seen take place here? Well, so there are two aspects. There's obviously the forensic commonalities we've been talking about, that a number of these devices all seem to have the same uh, construction, the same makeup. So obviously, you know, we're dealing with the same uh, person or group of people that are constructing them. But also, as investigators try to get into the mindset, you have to remember this person or this group of people, they're still at large. They have not been caught. And so investigators are essentially racing against the clock to try to determine who these people are, to get in their mind. Obviously, if you look at the number of targets, uh, they all have those commonalities. These are Democrats. These are progressives or people who have uh, received the ire from the president and his allies. So, again, politicians will look at that and say, well, that's politics. Let's not talk about that. Investigators will very much be talking about that because, again, they're trying to get to the bottom of what is motivating this person, what is inspiring this person to do this. And I'll tell you, when I mentioned, Anderson, that it's a race against the clock, we still don't have people in custody. We still don't know if there are other devices that are out there. We still don't know if this person will act again. It's very serious. I spoke to someone just a little while ago. We've been working our local and federal law enforcement sources It was described by a source. This is the most important investigation for the United States government right now. We are dealing with the attempted assassination of two former presidents and a number of officials. It's very serious. And so far, you know, the clues are continuing to work, but they don't yet have the leads that will get them to that person. It's all hands on deck right now, Anderson. Phil, you also have handwriting on the packages, misspellings uh, on some, some of the packages. Anybody in public life probably, I know I have folders full of letters from Uh, you know, all variety of people who have written over the years threats or whatever it may be. Those are all things which certainly anybody who's in prison in the United States probably has boxes and boxes full or the Secret Service already has boxes and boxes full of handwriting analysis on, on thousands of people. 
I think that's right. One of the things you're, you're looking at a joint terrorism task force led by the FBI. You might consider that because that says FBI, that it's mostly FBI individuals involved there. But the elements there include people like the Postal Service, who's going to be looking at where stuff like this was mailed. They are excellent at tracking packages. You mentioned the lettering on this packages and those packages. And Josh was talking about the targets. One of the elements of the Joint Terrorism Task Force is going to be the Secret Service. And in addition to asking questions like who was that courier who delivered something to the Time Warner building today, the Secret Service would ask, do we have people on file who have sent stuff like this in the past or who have this list of potential targets and who have approached targets like this in the past. I tell you, one of the things that strikes me about this, Anderson, is there are so many clues here from targets to packages to devices. Potentially, we don't know if there are fingerprints or DNA on those packages. I don't think this person's going to be free for long. There are too many clues here. Do you agree with that? They're, they're, I mean, they're just a bonanza of potential clues. Absolutely. One of the things we take in consideration, a place like New York City, the average citizen is videotaped or photographed 100 to 200 times a day. And it goes back to when we look at the apprehension of the bomber in Austin, Texas. The way that person was caught is because we captured him on video in Austin, Texas, entering a FedEx facility. I think the same thing is going to happen here. I genuinely believe that this was an amateur because this is a rudimentary device when we take in consideration black powder, something that's more sophisticated like anthrax, you have a more targeted approach. Here, I believe it's just a matter of time, and we will catch this person moving forward. All right. Well, Darren, thanks so much. Uh, Josh Campbell as well. Phil Mudd a- as well. Sorry we're talking under these circumstances. Next, President Trump speaking tonight in Wisconsin. We showed you a little bit of that. But we've learned that he has actually not called any of the bombing targets to express his concern to them or to give them any information. I'm talking about former uh, presidents. We'll talk about that. Later, more on what kind of person does something like this, what motivates a, a bomber. We'll learn uh, from a former top FBI profiler who joins us. We'll be right back. Tired of spending hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Our friends at Zenny Optical offer a huge variety of high-quality, stylish frames and state-of-the-art optics starting at just $6.95. You can get multiple frames with this great pricing for less than one pair elsewhere. Start building your eyewear wardrobe from the comfort of your own home at zenni.com. With the latest trends in eyewear, available in hundreds of frame styles and materials, there isn't a better way to change it up for every season. Plus, Zenny offers prescription sunglasses at incredible prices. Visit Zenny today at zenni.com slash CNN. That's Z-E-N-N-I dot com slash CNN. What the president said at the top of the hour about today's attempted bombings is noticeable for what he left out, namely any of the intended victims. To President Trump, a former secretary of state, and two ex-presidents are, in his words, merely former high-ranking government officials. He gave no names. Nothing to indicate he sees them as individual human beings and distinguished former public servants, as two former presidents of the United States. He also made what appears to be a first attempt at something familiar, putting the perpetrator and victim on equal footing. He also made no mention either of the bombs sent to the offices right behind me here at CNN. It was striking and it bears repeating what he said. Take a look. I want to begin tonight's rally by addressing the suspicious devices and packages that were mailed to current and former high-ranking government officials. My highest duty, as you know, as president, is to keep America safe. The media also has a responsibility to set a civil tone 
and to stop the endless hostility and constant negative and oftentimes false attacks and stories. Have to do it. Have to do it. They've got to stop. That was the president of the United States tonight responding to the attempted bombings that occurred today. More controversy earlier as well in the president's comments. CNN's Jeff uh, Zeleny uh, joins us now uh, with that. So, Jeff, explain what the president did and did not say today throughout the day. Anderson, one thing the president did not say, he did not say that this was an act of domestic terrorism. That is something that the New York mayor said. It's also something Republican Speaker Paul Ryan said shortly before the president arrived there in Wisconsin. He quieted down the crowd of supporters and said, make no mistake, this is an act of terrorism. I tried to ask the president about that in the East Room earlier today. If he believed it was, he looked me square in the face and did not answer the question. He did not uh, say that again this evening if he does or does not believe it. So that was one thing he didn't say. Anderson, he also did not take responsibility at all for any of the heated rhetoric. Uh, tonight, you could hear him sort of spreading around the blame and talking about the media there, you know, saying, um, stop the hostility. What he's looking for is someone who agrees with him. That is not in the First Amendment at all. That is not our jobs, quite frankly. But we did not hear the president accept any bit of responsibility for something that he and his supporters uh, do and lead. He uses the bully pulpit. He has that unique ability with the bully pulpit to um, uh, set the uh, tone here. And we learned tonight exactly how he's going to do it. And it's not what he said earlier today, a call for unity. He also said at the the rally tonight that politicians should stop vilifying one another. I mean, the president has called opponents he doesn't like evil. I mean, he calls Maxine Waters low IQ. I mean, the idea that he is not the I mean, you, you know, you talk in past administrations about the president's having a bully pulpit. He literally uses it as a bully pulpit. He does. He absolutely uses it as that. And if if the president decided to follow his own example tonight and not talk about opponents in those terms, I can tell you, Anderson, his rallies would be much shorter. He would not be giving 75 minute speeches like he did the other night in Houston. If he was to take that out of his speech, that is, is basically what his program is built on. And his supporters like it. So, you know, this is coming 13 days before the midterm elections. We do not know where this is going to go. No question. But the president has been successful in doing one thing, undermining the credibility of the fourth estate of the press. You could hear some of his reporter or his supporters behind him there applauding him. So, uh, you know, he, again, did not follow the example he said earlier today that people should come together. That, to me, did not sound like a rallying speech to come together. I mean, he didn't even acknowledge in those remarks that CNN was sent a bomb today. Uh, And in fact, the only thing he said right about the media was that the media needs to be nicer to him, essentially. I mean, exactly. That's incredible. Right. And he never and he went never went from uh, suspicious packages, which is what we thought earlier, to an actual pipe bomb. And also, Anderson, I was very surprised to learn this evening that he did not reach out. This White House did not reach out to President Obama, specifically to the uh, former secretary of state, the former president, Bill and Hillary Clinton. Yes, they're rivals. But at times like this, sometimes you reach out. They did not update them at all. So that underscores the lack of civility, if you will, in the president's words, Anderson. Jeff Zeleny, thanks very much. Uh, CNN's Caitlin, uh, Caitlin Collins is at the rally for us. Caitlin, so the president 
seem to at least in part blame Democrats and certainly the media for what happened to them. Well, he came out and he made these remarks, which we weren't sure, Anderson, entirely if he was going to address it again after addressing it for the first time at the White House earlier today. But after Paul Ryan came out here, Scott Walker all on stage condemning these attacks, President Trump got up and that was one of the first things he said. He talked about these attacks. Uh, he called for civility. He said that you should settle your disagreements at the ballot box. That was one key line. But Anderson, you're right. Those two lines that you can't ignore were that Trump said that those engaged in the political arena must stop treating political opponents as being morally defective. Now, some critics of the president might raise questions about things he said about his political opponents on stages like the one he's on right now behind me, uh, including on Maxine Waters, John Brennan, those type of people as well, that he's often criticized. There are a lot of his big targets here. Another thing he did say, he talked about the media saying they need to set the tone, they need to stop with the hostile attacks and the false attacks. And we know, Anderson, from reporting on this president for two years now, that that is often how he perceives any kind of negative media coverage. He thinks it's a false attack on him because people are essentially upset that he's president. Not that it's accurate, not that it's because of something he said. He essentially believes it's negative and that it's not true that the media is making it up, which, of course, isn't true. It's accurate reporting on what's going on in his White House. But it was an interesting way to... Uh, mentioned the media in a speech like that, especially after he has not acknowledged that one of those packages today was sent to a media organization that he regularly goes after. But he did use his platform, Anderson, to go after these attacks once again and to say that they shouldn't happen. Uh, I mean, when you label the American media the enemy of the people, somebody's going to listen to that and, and act Accordingly to that, uh, we'll see uh, as this investigation continues. Caitlin Collins, and I hope I'm wrong, thanks very much. As we widen the conversation uh, with our veteran team of political analysts, I just want to bring you very quickly this network's view of the kind of climate that the White House is contributing to. And I'm reading now from a statement by CNN Worldwide President Jeff Zucker, and I'm quoting, there is a total and complete lack of understanding at the White House about the seriousness of their continued attacks on the media. The president and especially the White House press and the White House press secretary should understand their words matter. Thus far, they have shown no comprehension of that. That was a statement he made earlier today and can certainly be repeated after what he just what the president just said tonight at that rally. Still no seeming comprehension. Former uh, senior Obama advisor and uh, longtime friend of, uh, of, uh, of the Obamas, David Axelrod, joins us. Also CNN political analyst Gloria Borger and David Gergen, who joins me here. David, of course, has served presidents in both parties, including uh, Bill Clinton. Uh, David Gergen, I mean, you hear what President Trump said tonight. Did you expect him to at least acknowledge two former presidents had their lives threatened today? I expected far more than he did. Uh, yes, he should have acknowledged both presidents. Jeff Zeleny was right. He should have reached out uh, to the former presidents and assured them of their, you know, the continued help from the, the FBI and others and the Secret Service. Um, but I think most of all, he should have taken some responsibility tonight. He completely re- re- refused to do that. He hasn't taken any, an ounce of responsibility or accountability for this whole thing. And I think what he needs to understand is Donald Trump 
unleashed the dogs of hatred in this country from the day he declared he was running for president. And they've been snarling and barking at each other ever since. And it's just inevitable. There are going to be acts of violence that grow out of that. A president's duty, he says, first duty is to provide for the safety of the country. How do you make the country safe? Here at home, you keep us together. You keep us in a, in a civil conversation. You try to unite people. He's failing in that. If he, if he understood it, he could completely change the tone of this country. But I'm sorry right now, I think Jeff Zucker has had it nailed, uh, and as uh, Jeff telling me, that you know, we're in a situation where President of the United States, on a really important issue, when people's lives are at stake, is not stepping up to his responsibility. I mean, uh, David Axelrod, uh, you know, Everybody who received one of these devices, I mean, you can't ignore the fact that time and time again, this president has rhetorically gone after that person or, or no, that organization. I didn't and, say that. and, you know, uh, wanting, John, wanting John Brennan's security clearance revoked. I mean, um, a lot of people wouldn't know the, who John Brennan is if it wasn't for President Trump putting him front and center or Maxine Waters or, you know, some of these other people. Well, there's no question about it. I mean, what is the thing that links all of these people together? It was interesting to me that uh, the NYPD said they had already sent someone over uh, to CNN uh, to warn them about the possibility that a package might arrive. Why? Because CNN has been the target of the president's uh, uh, fulminations at these rallies. You know, you can't deliver a, uh, ho- uh, you know, homilies about unity in the Oval Office during the day and then run off to rallies at night where you deliver extemporaneous jeremiads about the evil opposition and the, uh, the uh, media as the enemy of the people. And Anderson, let's remember, it was just a week ago uh, that the president was exalting uh, the fact that a congressman had body slammed a reporter. Well, if you glorify violence in your speeches, People are going to hear that. Some, and, and we don't know who delivered these bombs, but odds are they were someone who's heard the president's message uh, and, uh, and, and acted on it. So he, he bears responsibility for this. Uh, he, uh, you know, directly or indirectly influencing the climate in our country. And, uh, and it's a terrible thing. We had, five, we had two former presidents, a secretary of state, uh, a former CIA director, uh, and a congresswoman today uh, who were almost assassin- who were, were threatened with assassination. Uh, and uh, you would think that uh, that would be a bracing message for the president. But he sees political advantage in exploiting these passions, in whipping them up. He thinks it's working for him headed into this uh, election campaign. And his rallies have become more and more vituperative. His charge is more and more irresponsible as the day goes on. So uh, this is at his doorstep. And Gloria, I mean, to, to this exact point, I understand that there's some, uh, some new reporting uh, some new reporting uh, about how the White House is responding. Yeah, our colleague uh, Pamela Brown is reporting that the White ha- that there are some White House officials who are saying we're not to blame, the president's not to blame for any any of this. That he should not be blamed for crazy things that violent people want to do. And a senior official told Pam that uh, the we're not a doormat. And you know Anderson, I, to what to what David Axelrod was just saying. Uh, the president tonight said leaders must stop threatening opponents uh, as if they're morally defective. I'm old enough to remember 
the Kavanaugh hearings, when the president said that the opponents of Kavanaugh were evil. He used that word evil. Is that morally defective? I would think so. And the press being the enemy of the people, crooked Hillary, lion Ted. So you have the White House coming out with a statement saying, you know, it's not us. But this is the president of the United States. His words matter. His words echo throughout not only this country, but the world. And I don't think, you know, look at all the people who were attacked, including, as David points out, you know, former secretary of state, former president, maybe another former president. Somebody wanted to kill them. And this reads like a Donald Trump enemies list. And I was actually at that rally in Missoula, Montana last week uh, when President Trump applauded Congressman Gianforte for body slamming a reporter. And he got applauded in the audience. And he said, you know, he's my kind of guy. Well, what signal does that send to Americans? I mean, it's it's not a good signal. So the White House can say, not our fault, not to blame. But this is the leader of the free world, or supposed to be. Yeah. And, and David, I'm Deb Gergen. It, it, this doesn't go anywhere better. I mean, this only devolves from here. I mean, it's it's you know multiple pipe bombs today. Somebody yes. is going to get killed. I mean, Some, somebody is. We don't know how many other bombs may be out there tonight. I'm sure there are efforts being made by Secret Service to pin down whatever they have. Yeah, but this will be, you know, this serves as an invitation to others. He couldn't get this done, this crazy person over here, but maybe I'll try it. Uh, and maybe I'll be glorified in some way. There are crazy people out there. And Donald Trump is not directly responsible for individual crazy sure. people. But he bears indirect responsibility. And he ought to acknowledge that and step up to it. That's what a, a serious... Yeah, a brave president would do. It's a man of integrity would do. Yeah. Or even acknowledge, you know what, I've called yeah. people evil, I've demagogued yes. people, I've, yes. I've made them less than, than he, human. He, has a, he had a common dance. You know, if he just cooled it for a little bit, it would make yeah. a big difference. Uh, yeah, David, uh, David Oxer, I'm very quick. Yeah, I was, I was struck by... So I was struck uh, by something he said to Leslie Stahl about why he taunted uh, Dr. Ford after having said nice things about mm -hmm. her. And he said, well, we wouldn't have won if I hadn't done that. That is Donald Trump. He thinks that this works. He thinks he is profiting from it politically. He will stop if he believes that he will. He isn't profiting politically from it. He is not he is not making moral judgments here. He does not thinking about his responsibility as president. He's thinking about his 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 yeah. needs and his uh, and, and his own benefits as a politician. And that's a terrible, terrible thing right now. Yeah. David Axelrod, Gloria Borgia, David Gergen, thank you very much. Uh, but there's more to cover uh, in this hour, more on the investigation, specifically how pieces of evidence come together to make a portrait of the suspect. I want to talk with the former FBI profiler. Remember, to create an ad like this one, visit purewinning.com slash CNN. Well, given the breaking news in the last hour uh, alone, it's not lost on anyone here that a would-be bomber is still on the loose, or perhaps more than one. And the search for him or her or them is on. Joining me now to, to talk about it, what's unfolding, is CNN law enforcement uh, analyst Charles Ramsey, the former top cop in Philadelphia and Washington, D.C., also former FBI profiler Mary O'Toole. So, Chief Ramsey, uh, you were the D.C. police chief during the, uh, the D.C. Uh, sniper uh, attacks. Can you, can you just explain... The, the difficulty investigations like this can be, how long they can take, or, or sort of what's happening right now? 
Well, I mean, they can take time. I remember back in uh, 2002 during the D.C. sniper, which ironically was October of 2002, right around this time of year. Um, it does take time, but there's an awful lot of pressure to find out very quickly, or at least as quickly as possible, who's responsible so that you don't wind up, in this case, with anyone actually being killed. Because right now we're very fortunate. They found so far six devices, I believe, none of which went off. That doesn't mean there are not more out there. So there's a tremendous amount of pressure to make sure that they identify this person as quickly as possible. Mary Ellen, uh, you profiled the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski. Uh, I mean, looking at, at, at how this individual or individual sent these packages, is there anything you can tell in terms of what kind of a person it could be behind this? Well, it would all be very preliminary, but what becomes important is taking a look at all of those devices to see, number one, if they are forensically linked, um, and then, number two, how, how are those devices put together, and are they actually functional, and are they functional to, um, to become lethal? And um, what that will show is the person's level of knowledge about the device and where did he get the components and what was his signature. You've heard people over the last 24 hours talk about a signature in this, and that means how does he crimp the wires, how does he apply the, uh, the powder. That becomes important and tells us something as well. And here's the final thing that I think is really important. Looking at the package for the one that went to CNN in New York, there was an awful lot of tape on there. There were six stamps, and then there was the envelope that had to be um, connected. So there's a real good possibility that forensic evidence is going to be obtained off of those devices. The fact that he can put together a pipe bomb does not mean that he's forensically um, sophisticated. And people don't realize that even if a device explodes, you can still obtain somebody's um, DNA off of one of the components. So that's what here is going to become so critical. So he can put it together, but it doesn't mean he's sophisticated. Chief Ramsey, can you just explain how, how all the law enforcement uh, agencies actually, you know, the FBI, the NYPD, would be working together behind the scenes? It's got to be, I mean, just kind of an enormous well, undertaking. It is an enormous undertaking, but they work together all the time. The Joint Terrorism Task Force was put together for this very reason. So you'll have members of the NYPD, you'll have members of ATF, you'll have uh, the FBI, you'll have all of the uh, law enforcement agencies that need to be part of this investigation working seamlessly together in order to find out who's responsible. And not only that, they're reaching out to law enforcement agencies across the country, JTTFs across the country, to make everybody aware. Remember, we've got the midterm elections. You've got a lot of very heated campaigns going on now around uh, the country. Uh, everyone needs to be very sensitive to this and paying very close attention to any packages that they may receive because this thing isn't over yet until that person's in custody and we can rest assured that uh, any packages that still may, may be out there have been uh, recovered. Yeah, Chief Ramsey, Mary Ellen O'Toole, I appreciate your expertise tonight, uh, especially tonight. Thank you. Joining us now is former Director of National Intelligence, uh, James Clapper. Uh, he's also a former colleague of John Brennan's and a fellow uh, verbal target, rhetorical target of the president from time to time. Director Clapper, I mean, as someone who's also, uh, you know, borne the brunt of the president's attacks, I'm wondering what went through your mind as you watch these events unfold today? Well, obviously very... Uh very disturbing. Uh, 
that uh, you know we've reached this point, and it's it, frankly, on one hand, disturbing, but at the same time, uh, really not terribly surprising. I, I just, uh, given the uh, uncivil state of political discourse in this country, I, I figured it was a question of time before uh, something like this would happen. And fortunately, to this point, there have been no loss of life or, or injury. I'm wondering, I don't know if you heard the president's remarks at the beginning of this broadcast and and, uh, when uh, he's speaking at that rally, um, not even mentioning that two former presidents uh, could have been killed today, uh, that a former secretary of state, he just described former government officials, no mention of media organization being targeted, just that the media needs to be nicer in their reporting uh, of him. Well, I was, uh, it's not the first time, very disappointed. I really, uh, in the first instance, questioned the appropriateness of even staging this rally um, on on a day like today with uh, attempts to murder, uh, and that's what it is, uh, two former presidents and and, uh, and other officials and of course, uh, what re- is an attack on the, on the media, and uh, so the, I, I couldn't help but fantasize, and that's all it is. The president uh, canceled the rally, and given a straightforward and statesmanlike address to the nation from the Oval Office, and acknowledge his responsibility and his part in this very negative discourse. The result of which I think is is inevitable, and it's almost as though uh, he is completely outside this and has no bears no responsibility for it. And I, I'm just extremely disappointed. I heard you say earlier that you had a conversation. Uh, I think it was with the, the, the former head of your security detail today. Can you say what precautions you've had to take in the wake of, of this news, or, or have you? I'm sorry, uh, Anderson. I didn't hear the question. Could you repeat it? Are you are you taking precau- are you taking precautions in in the wake of of what we saw today? Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, my wife and I were traveling today, so uh, first when I started hearing news reports, uh, and I got emails from people saying, you know, you're a potential target as well, and I called our next door neighbor. Uh, whom we're very close to, who normally take care of our mail uh, for us. And it was very disconcerting to have to tell her, hey, be careful. In fact, you may just want to avoid our mailbox. And uh, that was uh, actually very, very disturbing to me to have to have to do that. So, yes, uh, we're taking precautions. Well, James Clapper, I appreciate talking to you. Thank you very much. We've got some breaking news right now with Josh Campbell. I want to go to him. Josh, what are you learning? 
Anderson, our law enforcement sources are telling myself and colleague Bryn Gingras that there's a new development in the ongoing investigation into these missing packages. It involves former Vice President Joe Biden. Now, we're not sure if the specific device that I'm about to describe is actually, or package rather, is actually connected to the series of packages that we saw today. But what law enforcement sources are telling us is that as we speak, officials are trying to track down a package that was originally addressed to an old address of the former vice president in Delaware. Now, the package was apparently returned to sender. It didn't really uh, uh, alert officials at that point as being suspicious. But after the developments today, obviously it became of interest. And uh, whether it was a witness that called the police or if it was some type of electronic detection that alerted them to this package that was out there, we still don't know. But we're told that right now law, law enforcement officials are trying to track down this package due to what they're describing possible similarities in the description of the packages sent today. And again, this package that was addressed to former Vice President Joe Biden. So it's very much an effort, all hands on deck by law enforcement officers to determine if this package does contain a device similar to what we've seen. It does have a description enough that has alerted to them to, uh, you know, obviously move forward in a concerted effort to try to identify it. We'll continue to ping our sources and uh, bring you further developments, Anderson. All right, Josh, uh, we'll continue to follow this very closely. Josh Campbell, I appreciate that breaking news. Uh, We're going to take a short break. Up next, more on what the pieces of the bombs, bombs uncovered so far may reveal. I'm Andy Katz from March Madness 365, and on this edition of our show, I'll be joined by Syracuse's Tyus Battle. I've been just trying to improve all facets of my game, just being able to be more offensive, throwing the ball different ways, shooting the ball, I think that's improved. And uh, just my playmaking ability as well. Subscribe to March Madness 365 now at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We have more on the breaking news that CNN's Josh Campbell just brought us right before the uh, the break to tell you about law enforcement officials are trying to track down a package addressed to former Vice President Joe Biden, now considered suspicious because of similarities to other packages. The package was uh, misaddressed and returned to sender. It was not clear if the return address was Debbie Wasserman Schultz, as it was with some of the other devices, or another address. Authorities are right now trying to locate it. Joining us are Fred Burden, a chief security officer at Stratfor and a former counterterrorism agent at the, uh, at the State Department. Also, Rick Delorier, who oversaw the FBI investigation into the Boston Marathon bombings. I appreciate both of you being with us. Rick, when you look at these new X-ray photos of, of the device, I'm wondering what you see and what stands out to you from what we've learned so far. Well, good evening, Anderson. A pleasure to be with you tonight. Um, the investigators will be looking for similarities between the bombs, uh, what uh, fragments might be inside the bombs, what the triggering devices are, and what those similarities are. And I'm sure that once an initial assessment of those bombs is made and they are rendered safe, they will be on a plane down to the FBI Academy in Quantico, Virginia. How true is it? I mean, everybody talks about a signature that bomb makers have. Is that universally true, that every bomb maker has kind of a unique signature? I believe, I believe uh, the FBI lab at Quantico has a database that they will be able to check to, with known past devices that have been used, look for any connections. And uh, I have great faith that the FBI analysts and agents and executives down at the lab in, at, in Quantico will do a great job in pulling this all together. Fred, what does it tell you? I mean, uh, you know, the, the fact they didn't de- detonate, I, that's obviously going to help investigators just in terms of uh, w- with the sheer number of potential clues. I, I it certainly think, will, you know. Anderson. Sorry, go ahead. 
It certainly will. Uh, the fact that it didn't detonate to me is uh, fascinating. So there could be a firing train uh, malfunction there, uh, or the actual intent should could be nothing more than panic and fear, and uh, the bomb maker possibly is watching to see what the next move might be on law enforcement's part, very similar to what we saw unfold here in Austin, Texas, not too long ago, where the bomb maker actually adjusted his plans and targeting an M.O., predicated upon the news coverage. Rick, how much of a concern are copycat attacks? I mean, it's obviously something we always think about when reporting on something like this, but in in an incident like this, how how often does that happen? Or copycat, you know, threats? Certainly, that's a a concern, Anderson. Uh, The uh, the investigators will be looking at that. Uh, There are various manuals out on the internet as how to make bombs. We saw that in the Boston Marathon bombing investigation. Uh, and what the, uh, the investigators will be looking for as well is what inspired these in, this individual or individuals to try to commit these heinous acts. And what inspired them? We know that the uh, Anwel Alalaki's Inspire Internet site uh, is what inspired and radicalized the Boston Marathon bombers. So they will be looking for that as well as for technical clues and forensic clues in the bombs themselves. And Fred, I think it was you who tweeted earlier today that, that envelopes, packages, IEDs, uh, are a treasure trove of, of forensics. Um, what else can investigators determine just from the packaging that was sent, at, let alone the device? Well, the amount of forensics are uh, unbelievable, Anderson. When you start looking at trace evidence, how wires are crimped, how wires are cut, uh, that traditional signature like you will see with all bomb makers. The other aspect here that I've heard nobody talk about, Anderson, is There's no doubt in my mind, uh, coming from the protective intelligence field, that uh, this individual is known to uh, the U.S. authorities. He's in their databases. Hmm. Uh, That's fascinating. And again, there's handwriting analysis as well. There's handwriting evidence with misspellings. Fred Burden, uh, Rick Delorier, appreciate your expertise. Uh, The news continues with Cuomo Primetime right after this short break. Are you ready to learn how to build a better consulting or professional services company? Then download the Liston.io show for the best sales and marketing advice so you can deliver your services to the people who need you the most. On the show, I'll be interviewing the smartest people in the industry to share what they know about building a better consulting business. I'll also give you episodes where I tell you specifically how to sell your services with confidence and how to transform into an influential leader in your industry. Your happy clients probably want to help you. It's too hard for them right now. You're asking them to do too much of the selling that you should be doing. Yeah, it's going to move. It's going to change. It's going to disrupt you at some point in time. Your most loyal clients are your most profitable. Ready to learn how other people are building the consulting company you've always wanted? Download the Liston.io show spelled L-I-S-T-O-N dot I-O wherever you get your podcasts. Before you go, we wanted to let you know that we just launched the ability for anyone to advertise on CNN Podcasts. You're just a few clicks away from reaching millions of people in a way that you never have before. Advertise for a business event or kick off an awareness campaign for your brand. Start today at purewinning.com slash CNN. Integrating podcasts into your marketing mix has never been easier. Go to purewinning.com slash CNN to get started.